why does God plant us in churches? It's to afford us that opportunity to work for him. That's why it's important we meet together as a church so that we receive the blessing. So when the word of God, the rhema comes like this, the word has come. In the word is the blessing. The moment you receive the word, great grace is imparted for that which must be accomplished. So there is the informative dimension of the Bible and there is the revelatory dimension of the Bible. The revelation shows you what you must do to experience the hand of God. So when the word comes in the revelatory dimension, there is instruction. Now, your word in season. Amen. Welcome somebody to church. Tell the person welcome to church. Let's get into the word of God. I know you don't bring Bibles to church. I know. Because the Bible is open on the screen. But have you seen that the moment we have a challenge, you can't read the Bible on the screen. It's important to, to build the habit of carrying a Bible. An actual Bible. Or it's on your phone. Yes. The ones on your phone too are good. But develop that habit of carrying a Bible to church. A Bible. Hmm? Amen. A Bible. Some of the confessions we even have to make about the Bible, we can't make them because we don't hold Bibles. You are supposed to be able to lift a Bible and say, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. I trust what it says. I live according to its dictates. We can't say them because we don't have Bibles in our hands. Look at someone and say, next week, bring a Bible. Do you have a Bible at all? Ask the person, do you have a Bible? Praise God. I've been discussing building capacity for more. And um, I believe that the Lord through this wants to help us come to the place where he can entrust us with more. As a pastor, I've grown to learn many things, many, many, many things uh, by experience. And one of the things I've really learned is that you, you really don't pray for more. You build capacity for more. And um, when I came to understand that, I have become, though working hard, I've become very patient. Because um, if you don't have the capacity to handle something, it won't be given to you. So you have to patiently build capacity so that that thing can be entrusted to you. Okay? God is not moved by your tears or my tears. If you don't have capacity for the thing, you may not ever experience it. So it's important that we build capacity. Do you understand the point? I always say that, for example, as a, I, I know that I don't have capacity for a certain kind of uh, results. Why do I say that? Because I don't even have the capacity of leadership. I say it all the time. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. If, for example, the Lord should bring me a certain number of people, the people I work with will scatter them. The people I work with. Yeah. So, for example, I can come to church. Okay. I can come to church at, let's say, 7 o'clock. I'm here. Then people I'm working with can come at 10.30. 
How old the church? You, you can't handle certain things. You get the point. Yeah. So it's, it's important we build capacity. And for me, I'm very patient now building capacity. And very soon I'll be sacking some people because I've realized that they are not ready for a certain level of work. You get my point. So it's important you listen to this thing very well because if you don't build capacity, you may never be given more. Never be given. And you will be blaming God, but it's not God. You'll be blaming the economy. It's not the economy. You'll be blaming whatever, but it's you. You get the point. Hallelujah. So we've dealt with this for a number of weeks. Um, and today I'm continuing. And today I want to talk about faithfulness with little. Okay? Faithfulness with little. It's very important that you listen to this word. Faithfulness with little. How do you build capacity for more? How would God commit more to your trust? When you have not been faithful with little, he would not commit to you much. What does it mean to be faithful? To be faithful means you prove yourself to be trustworthy. Okay? You prove yourself. When you are put to the test, you prove yourself that you can handle the thing. Okay? And the little that was given to you, you handle it so well that you have proven to him that when he gives you more, you will be able to what? Handle it. So, faithfulness with little is a capacity builder. Faithfulness with little is what? A capacity builder. Faithfulness with little. So, when you look into the Bible, you see that God speaks to us in several ways concerning faithfulness with little. Faithfulness with little. Now, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30, Jesus tells us a story. There's a story there recorded for us concerning the man that gave talents to his servants and traveled. Matthew 25, from verse number 14. Matthew 25. Let's hurry up. Within 35 minutes, I should be done. Verse 14, Matthew 25, verse 14 down to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. He delivered unto them his goods. Then he says, and unto one he gave five talents. He gave five talents. To another two and to another one. To every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. So he gave one five. Eh? Gave one two. Then he did what? He gave one one. Okay. Then. He that had received five talents went and traded. With the same. And made them other five talents. So he went to work. Say work. work. So he went to work and he made five talents more. 
Okay? So money, it was money. 17. And likewise, he had he that had received two. Also, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Hmm. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Verse 20. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. Verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want you to take note of the comment. Thou good and faithful servant. But thou, thou hast been faithful over a few things. Right? Thou hast been faithful over what? A few things. I will make the ruler over many things. Did you see that? His faithfulness in the few things the Lord gave him, his master gave him, built a capacity to handle many things. Built capacity to become a ruler of or over many things. His faithfulness over few things. Now let's go on. Then he says, he says, verse 21 again, his Lord said unto him, well done thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I want you to take note of that. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Verse 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. Verse 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Are you following? Thou has been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. 24. And he which had received the one talent came and said, <laughs> Lord, I know thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. 25. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. He was called wicked and he was called slothful. Slothful means lazy. Somebody say lazy. Good. Slothful servant. Thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not. And gather where I have not strawed. 27. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges. And then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Verse 28. 
take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that which had ten talents. Huh? Verse 29. We are reading to verse 30. For unto everyone that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant, mark that word, unprofitable servant, into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody say amen to the reading of the scripture. Hallelujah. So we saw how that Jesus said, you've been faithful with a few. Huh? I will make you ruler over many things. So, if you have not been faithful with little, don't expect many. Faithfulness with little will expand uh, the room you have for more. So faithfulness with little actually is a capacity builder for more. Okay, that which God gave you, that was little. How did you take care of it? That qualifies you for more. If you are not faithful with few things, he will not commit to your trust many things. <laughs> Praise God. But then, how, how, how do we prove our trustworthiness with a few? When he gives us little to handle, how do we prove we are faithful? Huh? How do we prove we are faithful? I, I want us to read another scripture again. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse 12. I hope you are here. To 26. Follow. Follow. This is the parable of the talents. From verse 12, Luke 19. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Somebody say occupy. occupy. Say it like you are here. Occupy. occupy. When you hear occupy, what word comes into your mind? Occupation. Occupy. Do something with what I've given you till I come. Let's read on. But his citizens hated him and sent message after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. Okay? And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. Wow. One pound, you are gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. You have been faithful in a very little. Have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, there, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. Hmm. For I fear thee, 
I fear thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and repent that thou did not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Remember in Matthew, he told the servant, You are wicked and slothful. Thou knowest that I am an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore thou, wherefore then givest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury, that means with profit. And he said unto him, unto them, that stood by, take from him the pound, and give it to him that had ten pounds. Twenty-five. And they said unto him, Lord, he had 10 pounds. You see those people that say that, ah, why are you giving to somebody that, still, that has much? It's a principle. If you don't, you are not faithful with what is giving you that is little, it will be taken from you and given to another person. Mercy. Then verse 26. For I say unto you, that unto everyone which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Beautiful. So, how do we prove our faithfulness? Number one. The first thing you must note is that whatever you are giving initially is very small compared to what God intends to give you. Let me say it again. Whatever you are giving initially to work with, huh? is very small compared to what God intends to give you. So, if you fail to do what you have to do with the little, you will lose the large portion that he really wants to give you. Am I communicating? Praise God. So, when you look into the Bible, the high flyers in the Bible were all people that lived by this principle. Look at how responsible Joseph was. You know Joseph? Do you know Joseph? Joseph was such a responsible young man uh, that whatever you placed in his hand, it will flourish. It will flourish. And it started by him showing it with his father. Are you getting it? His senior brothers were not like that. When they even go out to go and take care of the father's flock, they will kill some and eat. And they will come and tell their father that a beast killed it. Are you getting the point? No wonder God will make them rulers. But the Bible says Joseph will always come and report their evil deeds to his father. I even think that it was Joseph that caught his brother sleeping with his father's concubine. You know. Then he came to report. You may think Joseph was a concursa guy. Joseph was a faithful guy. He proved himself to be trustworthy. Are you getting the point? So what did his father give him? His father promoted him above all his senior brothers. By giving him the coat of what? Many colors. Right after the coat of many colors, he started to have dreams. What dreams? He started to have dreams of his promotion in the future. Can you imagine? He goes in as a houseboy. 
as a house boy, his master commits things into it and small, 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 small. Everything was prospering till he became the boss over everything. Then one thing that the master did not commit to him, the wife. The master did not give him the wife to manage. Wife management. Wife management. Wife management was not part of the deal. Then there came a temptation to be unfaithful. Then he stood his ground and said no. What happened? It looked like he was thrown into trouble in some few moments. But there, his faithfulness showed again. Then he became the ruler. What was that? All of that, God was testing his faithfulness with little because what was actually prepared for him was the throne. You that play with everything you are given to do. You have an excuse for everything you are given to do. Everything you are given to do spoils in your hands. Sometimes I look at people, I say, hey, this is terrible. I don't know how you will survive in the future. The way you are handling this thing, I have fear. Look at David. David was taking care of few sheep of his father. Not knowing that God had the throne in mind for him. The very little. Are you faithful with the very little? I dare tell you. You know, sometimes some Christians are praying for a baby. The, what God gave you one, that one. Look at how you are suffering with that one. He should add. For me, I think some people's wombs should be shut. They don't deserve to be parents. I, I'm telling you, but sometimes you can't help it. <laughs> Biological, uh, I mean, you just. Because parenthood is a great responsibility. I tell you. I think some ladies should never marry. They will make marriage look like a monstrous thing. But it's a sweet thing. Somebody doesn't like my message. I think some men should never be given a wife. Because they can't take care of even their own shoes. Let alone a woman. No, I look at people and I say, hey. This is dangerous. But you see, they are okay because nobody has really told them sense. People don't know who a father is. Let me show you the difference between a pastor and a father. A father is someone that can say, hey, judge me. Sit down. Bruh. That's a father. A pastor may not be able to say those things because when he says it, people will go away. Some people have never been told sense <laughs> by anybody. <laughs> they just live their lives as, as it comes. Huh? Any lady who frowns her face doesn't deserve a husband. If you frown your face, you don't deserve a husband. <laughs> I know you don't like what I'm saying. Because you didn't get any father to tell, stop frowning your face. A lady doesn't frown. You didn't get anybody to slap you. So, 
What kind of face? What kind of face is that? Stop that! See, you didn't get, you didn't get it. <laughs> I know you don't like that part, so let me leave that part. I know you don't like that part. Look at David. Not knowing the throne is for David, but how did God start with him? He was going to be the shepherd of his people, but he started with few sheep of his father. The Bible says David was so responsible. When he had to go somewhere, he would leave the few sheep in the care of a keeper. Always giving account seriously on the few. Not knowing God had a mind to give him the throne of Israel. What God has in store to give you, what God intends to give you, is nothing compared to the little he has given to you to prove you. Will you pass the test of faithfulness to enlarge your capacity for more? Is somebody listening at all? He said, both scriptures. The first one in Matthew we read, he said, he gave them what? He says, you were faithful over a few things. In Luke, he said, you have been faithful over what? A very little. Then all of them, he made them rulers. He made them rulers. He made them rulers. You are working for someone. He puts you in charge of the money. Now, the container for the money has developed holes. Now, we don't know where the money goes to. Every day, money is reducing. How would you have your own business? You lie, but you never have. Hey! Somebody say, oh, no, Pastor, why are you cursing us? No, I'm not cursing you. I'm telling you the reality of not being faithful with something that belongs to another person. That was very little. You were not faithful as one looking over somebody's money. Who will give you money that is your own? Jesus said it. Let's read it. I see faithful people here. Huh? Luke chapter 16. Huh. Verse 10 to 12. Okay. Now I read. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Huh? Hey. Therefore, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? That means when even God gives you money, he, is, he wants to prove your faithfulness with money to see if you can give you true riches. You see, thousand is not true riches. 10,000 is not true riches. 20,000 is not true riches. You see, you see how difficult it is when he gave you 20,000, you don't want to pay 2,000. Eh? You see, when he gave, how would he give you true riches? No wonder true riches never come. This is what Jesus said. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read. He says, and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? You, are not, you have not been faithful with another man's thing. Huh? Who will give you your own? Amen. 
So, if you have not been faithful with another man's own, who will give you your own? So, anytime something that belongs to somebody has been given to you to take care of, make sure you are faithful with what was given to you, else your own won't come. So, those of you that work with people, those of you that are handling things for people, take note of this. Because whatever you are given initially is very small compared to what, what God intends to give you. Huh? We see it in the scripture. We see it in the scripture. Number two. So I'm showing you how you will be faithful, okay? And I am telling you that whatever you are given initially hmm, is very, very, very little or very small compared to what God intends to give you. So, you must handle it well eh? and be faithful with it. Be, prove yourself to be trustworthy. Number two, time will prove you or time will prove your faithfulness. Okay? Time will do what? Prove, prove your faithfulness. Some people want to dodge the process. Sometimes, they want promotion to come quickly. Promotion doesn't come like that. You will go through the process of time. How many of you, they say that your father or your cousin or your uncle or whoever is the VC. So they said, we will give you medical school certificate for free. Without going to school. It's not possible, is it? Time! That means, whatever little thing he gives you, he will give you time to prove yourself. Huh? You will go through the process of proving yourself. If you fail, you will repeat. You fail, you will repeat. You fail, you will repeat. So, for example, in Matthew 25, verse 19, it says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. That is why you don't write exams in school the next day after reopening date. You go through about three months. Then they prove you whether all you studied in the term, you got it. If you don't pass, you are trailed. And you would resit. Why? You didn't prove yourself. Probably when you had to be reading your books, you were jumping on the bed. I think that indiscipline is the major reason why students don't pass. Very indisciplined. When they have to be studying, they are doing something else. When they have to be reading their books, they, something else. They don't make A plus their target. One of my sons brought me, he brought me a seed. Then in the seed, he had written that he's sowing a seed for 80 plus, 80 plus. That he's in first class, but he wants 80 plus in his first class. Because he has a very strong first class. Very, very strong. 78 or something. So he wants 80 plus in first class. I said it's possible. Why not? Because you are, you are a studious guy. You get it. All I need to do for you is to pray for mercy because 
Mercy is an, uh, I mean, <laughs> something you need. 80 plus. How do you get that? By sleeping. Look at somebody and tell the person, your result is because of your lack of work. Tell the person for me. So, time will prove your faithfulness. Time. 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 So, don't expect to become the CEO in two years. Time. Time. Don't expect promotion in a quick, you know, quick fix. Time. Will you be faithful over a period of time? Will you do what is expected of you over a period of time? Time will prove you. Time will prove you. Time has been proving me in many ways. Time. You will not just shove the thing in your mouth. No. Time will prove you. Time will prove you. So, know that whether your time that has been set for you to give account on the little you were given, whether it is short or prolonged, you are ready to go through the process. Is somebody listening at all? Hallelujah. Time. Number three. I'll be rounding up soon. Number three. Productive work. Productive work. So, how do you prove your trustworthiness with the few that he gives you? You must always remember that whatever you were given initially is very small compared to what God intends to what? give you. You must also know that time will do what? Prove your faithfulness. And number three, you must be involved in productive work. You must be involved in what? Productive work. Uh, 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 uh. Productive work. Productive work. Productive work. Now, understand this. God hates laziness. God hates laziness. The servant who didn't bring back anything. Jesus called him wicked and slothful, lazy. We gave you potential. We sponsored you with potential. Go and labor and bring results. You came back to tell us that eh, you tell your master he's wicked. Say, I know that you where you didn't sow. That's where you want to reap. Huh? Are you following that thing? What did the master call him? Wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Jesus hates laziness. The fact is that to be lazy is equal to being a thief. Oh yes. I wish I could push this into young people's heads. He said you are wicked and lazy. God has not changed. God is a worker. Jesus is a worker. When Jesus came, he was working so much that even on Sabbath days, he was working. Then the Jews had a problem with him. He said, "Ah, look, you are doing these things on the Sabbath day. Then he said, look, my father work. Hitherto I work. So which God are you serving that he is still working? That you, you are lazy. Look at somebody for me and say, which God are you serving? Is it the God of the Bible? Hmm? Jesus said, my father work, hither to 
I work. Eh? John chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Let's read it. John 5, 16 and 17. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto and I work. Eh? My father is working and I'm also working. So God is continually working. But you, you want to continually sleep. You must be involved in productive work with the little that you have been what? Given. Is somebody listening at all? Hallelujah. One, 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 one man said that the only place, the only place, huh? Hello? Hello? The only place, huh? That you will find that pay, huh? Comes before work is in the dictionary. Huh? You didn't get it. It's in the, you only find it in the dictionary. But some people want promotion without labor. They want to lazy around but get promoted. You, I think you want to live a dictionary life. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell the person, without responsibility, promotion never comes. So, there can be no greatness without work. So productive work is needed. If you are a student, productive work in your books is needed. If you are working, whatever work you are doing, productive work, productive work, applying yourself to hard work. God worked. How many days did God create the heavens and the earth? Six days. Then how many days did he rest? One. So that means work ratio huh? should be what? More than rest ratio. Huh? Is somebody here at all? <laughs> God looked at the work that he had done for six days. When he looked back, he says, ah, all is very good. You, what can you look back and say, this is good? What can you look back and say, I've done this and I've done this and this is good? That is why for me, one of the things that really shows that you have labored for a long time in your life are certain things like a building. I will push you to build. I will say it again and again and again. When even I'm angry with you, I'll tell you. Because after working for so many years, if you can't look back and say, ah, this is good. You didn't work. You wasted time. You should be able to celebrate the results of work. Lazy people, they don't become anything. Somebody will look at pastor and say, ah, for pastor, there. <laughs> what work there? I've been sitting there and praying the whole night. Eh? I was the first person in church. I came to open the door. Eh? It's work. This is my work. This is my work. I should look back and say, ah, good work. What after 50 years of work, what would you look back and say, ah, I've, this is good. Some people look back after 50 years and say, ah, what a regret. God forbid you will not cry over regrets. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. God didn't create the world by just dreaming, wishing, and imagining. So I wish to have beds. He went into creating it, working. Huh? Working. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Look, look. What did God say of all his work? You have been given something. Instead of striving to work. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. It was very good. Eh? It was very when you When you start work in the morning and you close in the evening, whether you are a student or whatever, do you look back and say, ah, what I've done today is very good. C- can you say that? Can you say that? 4 p.m. Then you may You see, you are looking for what to eat, but you've not worked the whole day. You ca- it was, if you were a tailor, the day what did you produce to look back and say, this is very good? If you are a carpenter, if you are a mason, if you are a plumber, whatever work you do, what can you, if you are a student, how many, how many chapters did you read? Genesis chapter 2. Listen to Genesis chapter 2 from verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. God do. God ended his work. What time does your work start and what, when does it end? God ended his work. God. God. God still is a worker. You sleep on me. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. You don't qualify to rest if you are not a hard worker. As a matter of fact, some people should never be given a bed to sleep. We should make them stand. You don't deserve to lie down until you have worked, worked, worked hard and you are tired. You don't qualify to rest. Listen to me. Rest can be a very big case. Rest. That's the problem of Africa. We rest more than we work. I know you don't like the message I'm preaching. Do you like it? If you don't work hard, you will not enter the joy of rest. What did I just say? Yes, rest is only enjoyable when you have worked hard. Rest. Rest. Now, for example, if you have not done hard work, you've not labored, and you say, I'm going for pension. What, what pension are you going? You will realize that your pension will be, you, will be terrible. Because you wouldn't have anything to spend during pension. Because during the time you had to be working, you were resting. Rest is only enjoyable when you have worked hard. When you have worked hard. You check the students that study hard and they pass the exams. They, they enjoy the rest after exams when the results come. Then you see the labor of reset. With those that they didn't sit, they will reset. They will reset. If you fail to sit, you will reset. 
You fail to sit to work hard. Listen, listen. But one thing that is sad is that at the end of life, when you are about 45, 50, 60, 65, Charlie, the reset may not be possible. You realize that time has and the chini because a time now a B2. A B2. Time now be a B2. If you don't want rest to become a case, work hard. Everybody is a young person. If you don't want your rest to become a case, work hard. This season that you have energy. Hey! Productive work. You must work until you are very tired. Sometimes I, I, when, when, uh, <laughs> somebody say, oh, rest, take your time. I say, you don't, you don't know what is chasing me. You, don't, you are not aware what is chasing me. That is why you are crying, rest, oh, rest. Have time to rest. Have time to rest. Have time to rest. If you don't want to beg in the future, work hard now. Six days against one day. You are wiser than God. You, you, rest six, you rest six days and work one day. You are wiser than God. And you know why many of us are not enjoying work? We see work to be a burden. We were created to work. Man was created to work. Listen, you must work to find fulfillment. Don't work for pay. You're, you must be fulfilled in the work you do. That is why most people die poor. You must be fulfilled. You think I'm preaching because I get money. No, this is my work. I'm so fulfilled when I do it. Work for fulfillment, not money. Labor to be blessed. You will profit when you work. Huh? Hey, you mind me too. Okay, you mind me. Okay. What profit do you gain from work? Do you remember Jesus said, occupy till I come. Quickly, I want to read you some things, okay? You write them down. But let's read Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Write it down. Proverbs 14, 23. I'm reading New Living Translation. Okay? Listen to this. Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Work brings profit. Work brings profit. Work. Student, work. If your work is reading your books, sit down and stop walking around and read your books and get the A's. You said, I'm a seamstress. When was the last time you cut a design? I'm a teacher. Every day you, you are tired. You say, I, I, this work, I don't like it. This work, I don't like it. And yes, you don't rejoice in going to work. When you see the patients, you are annoyed. <laughs> you are never patient with the patients. <laughs> you don't know that that laboring, you are laboring so much that you want a loan to buy a car. One kindness to a patient. Not knowing who that patient is. That patient can buy you a Jaguar. That patient, if you treat that patient well. You don't know who came to the hospital. But you see, because we don't love work and we work for the paycheck. Am I communicating? If somebody is sitting by and the person is sleeping, you say, Pastor is talking about you, so wake up. 
what are the profits from work? Quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm, I'm rounding up. What are, I, I want to give you the profits from work. Then I'll give you the penalties of laziness. When you are lazy, you are penalized. What are the penalties of laziness? After I give it to you, my pawn is already now. Bet me a coffee. Now the koya kwajero. If you are lazy, you are penalized. Lazy man, lazy woman. First profit from work. Number one, it provides for your physical needs. It provides for your what? Your physical needs. Somebody said, Pastor, I don't have work to do. Now it's difficult to get work. <laughs> it's not. First Thessalonians, huh? chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. So work will provide you for your physical needs. So those who don't want to work and work hard, you will be hungry. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, eh? Let me read it to you, NLT. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Listen, make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your own hands. Working with your own hands. Just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Work! I said, the first prophet will be what? Provide for your physical needs. Huh? Let me read to you again. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. Do you like the message? Hmm. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. When you go home, read the scriptures again. First Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 6. As for human praise, I'm reading from NLT. We have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you. We worked among you. Night and day, we toiled to earn a living. So that we will not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. Paul said, look, we labor, we worked. He was a tent maker. He was making tent. Look as well as you must work. You must, to provide for your needs, you must work. Number two, the profits from work. Number two, the second profit from work. It will reveal your potentials. It will reveal what? I mean, the things that you are able to do, okay? It will reveal your potentials. Number three, the third profit from work. Are you following? It will give you the opportunity to rejoice in achievements. It will give you the opportunity to what? Rejoice in achievements. When you are able to achieve something with your life, it brings joy. It gives you the opportunity to what? Rejoice in achievements. Huh? Number what? Number four. It helps you build self-esteem. It helps you build what? 
I told you something ago. I said, a man's work determines his worth. Worth. W-O-R-T-H. A man's work determines his worth. What work do you do? Do you know it is only very stupid people who ask what car does he drive? Or what color of shoe did he bring? When any well-meaning person want to find out about your life. He say, what work do you do? A man's work determines his worth. So what work do you do? Have you heard some people say, I don't do anything? How can you not be doing anything? If you're a student, you say, I'm a student. What is your full-time work? I study. Huh? Don't forget this. Eh? It helps you build self-esteem. Now, let me give you the penalties of laziness. When you are lazy, remember Jesus said to that guy, you are what? Thou wicked and slothful, lazy servant. <laughs> you know, when some of us talk, I will never be poor. It's not because we just believe God. Yes, that is our foundation. But on top of that, we apply ourselves to the principle of hard work. Hard work. I tell you. You should come and see me on site when a building is happening. Hard work. I don't sit in the cool. I will be standing in the scorching sun and shouting, Hey! <laughs> You, you can't even take care of yourself. How can you take care of a family? A family. A wife and children. All the young men, let me talk to you. Can I talk to you? When a young man is lazy, a woman suffers. When a, young, when a man is lazy, a woman suffers. The fact is that women were never made to suffer. They were supposed to help us become all that God wants us to become. Yes. So, basically, a woman should just be enjoying. I think the women like the, the message. At this point, I think the women like the message. But remember that the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. <laughs> she was a hard worker. And that made her husband a proud man. And well celebrated in the gates. The virtuous woman. The virtuous woman. The virtuous woman. That's why they say, give a woman a house. She will by her hard work turn it into a home. Because a building is nothing without people living in it. And when it is just things, things can't do themselves. A hard working woman will make a house a home. Do you, do you understand? For example, when I am out working, I don't go home thinking I have to go and cook. There is a wife in the house who makes the house a home. Huh? How can I be working hard? I think some men must be made to do the house chores because they don't work. Hey! They say, where, where did you say? I'm in the house. I didn't go anywhere. 
we must make the men do the house chores. Men who won't work must scrub the bathroom. How do you expect your wife to go to work? Get tired and come back and come and still cook and scrub the bathroom. No, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I think even when you are a man, a married man, you are lazy. Your wife should decide everything. <laughs> your wife should decide everything. Lazy man. <laughs> One of the things that bring pressure in the house is a man who is not pushing to make sure that the house is comfortable with money. I heard somebody say something. He said, if you want your wife or your woman to be happy, there are five laws. Five laws. Should I tell you the law? Say, law number one. Give her money. First law. He said, second law. Keep giving her money. Third law. Don't stop giving her money. Are you enjoying the loss? <laughs> How many laws have I given you? Three, right? Yes. The third law is keep giving her money. Huh? The first one is what? Give her money. The second law is what? Don't stop giving her money. The third law is what? Keep giving her money. Huh? Do you understand? The fourth law is when your money is finished, go and make sure you borrow to still give her money. <laughs> you don't like the number four, eh? your money to run out. That means go and find money and bring to her. <laughs> this is not God's law. This is a certain guy's law. He says <laughs> you want me to even number four you are struggling. I won't give you number five. <laughs> Somebody said take it. Take that number four. But you see, pressure at home. Listen, about about I would say about sixty percent is caused by lack of money. Too much pressure. So if you are a man, make up your mind. You work hard, and always ensure that you provide for you. The Bible says the man that cannot provide for his own house is worse than an infidel. Do you know infidel? Somebody who who has forsaken the faith, an infidel. You can't provide for your own house. We should talk sense into men. The men who now sleep for ladies to go to work. He said, a man who cannot provide for his own house. If you're a man, accept responsibility. If your woman is bringing something, fine. But it is your responsibility to take care of her. And stop talking rubbish. 
and then I'll buff Then come on my edge, my and then I'll want to and then I'll want to buff Shut up, man. Man, do you understand who man is? Listen, when God took the woman out of uh, the rib and formed the man, he brought the woman to the man. He said, it's your responsibility. Take care of her. God didn't take the man to the woman. He took the rib and brought the woman to the man. He said, take care. Take care of her. You are not bringing anything home. What are you bringing to the house? What are you bringing to the house? It is me that moves and bring and bring. I go, I bring, I go, I bring. <laughs> you are the man. Keep quiet and accept responsibility. Then, then your woman, listen to me. Women are willing to support men when they see they are hardworking. When you are a lazy man, the woman too say, ah, ah, abba, what man is this? Some men make women's life too difficult. I think the men don't like the message I'm preaching. But I'm rounding up anyway. Penalties of laziness. Some ladies too are lazy. A lazy wife. A lazy wife is a curse. A lazy wife is a curse. Young man, when you are going to marry the girl, check. If she's lazy, don't marry her. Because when you give her, whatever you give her, she can't turn it into profit. She will waste it. Penalties of laziness. Number one, you'll be hungry. Penalties of laziness. First penalty. Hunger. Hunger. I've told you, don't give people money for free. Let them do something. Free money spoils people. <laughs> no, I'm not. Also, get me right. I'm talking about some, somebody just come to you. He begs you for money. Then you give him. He begs you for money. Then you give him. I, I, I've changed my strategy. There are some people that I say, come. Come. Your neck is hard enough to carry mortar. Come. Come, 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 come. <laughs> now, if I give you, if I give you 80 CDs, huh? 80 CDs, 80 CDs, 80 CDs times 5 is what? 8 times 5. That is what? 400 CDs. So if I give you 80 CDs, 80 CDs, 80 CDs times 5, and we work, huh? because Libra takes 80 Ghana, and we work for one month, 400 times 4. Huh? 1,600 is the work of a laborer. So why should I be giving you, take 80, you didn't do any work. Take 80, you didn't do any work. No, 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 come and carry mortar. Move the blocks. Oh, yes. I will take you to a construction site. If you, if you eat, you must work. <laughs> you know, listen. Enough of the laziness. So I don't have anything to do uh, right now. Come, come. Take all your dirty clothes. Wash all. Do you know how many hours somebody has to work to, to be marked 80 cities? You want me to dash it? Create jobs for people. Washing your clothes is a job. Polishing all your shoes is a job. Weeding is a job. Washing the car is a job. Look, <laughs> there are a lot of jobs. <laughs> a lot of jobs. 
That is why it's difficult to cook for a man who is not working because cooking is a job. Cooking is somebody's full-time job. He cooks to be paid. Then now he's cooking for you for free and you are not bringing anything home. We should suck you for that. <laughs> The way I don't like lazy men, eh? He won't wake up. He won't go. He won't come. He has borrowed ah, from everybody. Hunger. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. I'm reading all from the New Living Translation or the Living Bible. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 13 verse 4. That's what I read from New Living Translation. Because of time, let me jump. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 15. Proverbs 19 15. Proverbs 19 15. Have you written it? I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then I'll read from the Living Bible. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. You didn't hear the Living Bible, Proverbs nineteen fifteen. A lazy man sleeps soundly. That's what it means. And he goes hungry. A lazy man. First penalty of laziness is what hunger. Second Thessalonians chapter three verse ten. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Even while we were still there with you, we gave you this rule. He who does not work shall not eat. Yet, we hear that some of you are living in laziness, refusing to work, and wasting your time in gossiping. You won't develop any skill. You see, you are finished school. You are having S, B, S, C, S, S, B, C, whatever degree. So now, the, the, the employments are not opening. So you don't have work. You should eat. You should eat. You must develop a skill and find something to do. You see, we all eat KFC. Who has eaten KFC before? KFC, thank you. Hey, some people have not eaten KFC. Do you know KFC? KFC. That fast food joint, that is worldwide. The man, in his old age, I think he went to the army or something. After the army, in his old age, the recipe he knew is what he started that business with. And now look at that business. A recipe. A recipe. A recipe. Do you know how much, how much they make? But it's a man's recipe that he learned. And he started working gradually. Opened one joint to see if it's... And many of these companies, they were turned down and rejected for many times before they were accepted. I don't have any sense of it. Do you know Coca-Cola? Do you know how Coca-Cola came to be? Coca-Cola. A man was trying to develop something, a medication in his backyard. That is how he came up with that drink. So at first, it was only sold in America in drugstores. Oh, yes. Then they realized that the taste is good. And it made people excited. Yes. Yes. Because two major components were in there. The, 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 the extracts from the coca plant where you get cocaine. Yes, and cola. Because when people took it, 
it numbed them of their pain and everything. So people started to take it like that until they, they made the law to say that they should take out that bit of cocaine inside. Yes. Because it was, it's like tramadol. Why people are abusing tramadol? That painkiller. Do you understand? So Coca-Cola was sold in a drugstore. Oh yes. So people saw, ah, this thing is powerful. Then they started to take it. Then when they realized they, they, it, it can be a very good drink, then they, they started to make it into drinks. At first, the first person who bought the company from the one that developed the drink, huh, also sold it. When he sold it, the person that bought it now decided that, okay, let me produce it in mass quantities. Then the, the other people who came to buy it from him said, we want to bottle it. So it was not bottled at the beginning. BSC, C, C, D, E, C. Look, so if I don't get a job in the bank, I don't want to work anywhere. Go and start a bank. Go and start a bank. Instead of getting sick, look, hunger will catch you. You know, so until, until we got to the place where I knew that I was at the place where God would take care of me in certain things. Do you know the things I have done? My wife will bake cake and I will ice it to take it for wedding. I will, look, there were times I, we had contract with Ecobank. She will bake the pastries. I will seal them, brand them, and take it to, to, for supply. <laughs> when I was at the university, was it third year or fourth year? She was fry, she will fry spring rolls. And I had made contact with banks. I will leave campus. I'll come for the spring rolls and go for supply. I was supplying SSB, Standard Chartered, Echo Bank. Can you just imagine? Look at this. Do you know what the kind of works I've done? I hate lazy people. Why are you this lazy? You can ask my wife. You can ask my wife. What she has is her gift. All her ideas are from my head. I'll tell you. All her ideas. The way I will think and bring an idea. You, we don't see what your mind is producing. We don't see. Uh, uh, what, what? <laughs> Sometimes I want to prove people. I give them something. I say, you handle this thing. And the way they handle it, I say, hey. Hey, I'm afraid. I fear for you. The way you are handling this small thing I gave you. Let me, let me go through it. Let, let's, we have to finish. Number two. The second penalty for laziness. Isolation and shame. Isolation and shame. Bible, say me woman. Proverbs 19 verse 7. I'm reading from the Living Bible and the New Living Translation. Proverbs 19 verse 7. Proverbs 19 verse 7. Proverbs 19 verse 7. Then the living Bible, listen. A poor man's own brothers turn away from him in embarrassment. How much more his friends? He calls after them, but they are gone. Huh? The, because the end result of being lazy, you will end up poor. Let me read it to you in 
New Living Translation. You'll be abandoned though. Have you ever heard that they say that when you don't have money in the family, nobody wants to hear your voice? It's very true. The Bible confirms it. Listen to this. Listen. The relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. No poor man has a friend. When I started, not much. I mean, you, you, they didn't want to see me much and hear my voice much. Yeah. <laughs> But now you can't take a decision without calling me. <laughs> you call me. You call me. You call me because I can fool the car, full tank. You understand? Yeah, you call me. <laughs> you call me. And I'm not stressed. <laughs> you call me. You call me. I can make my wife prepare food for your whole team. Oh, yes. You call me. You, you won't call me. You call me. If you don't get out of laziness and start getting serious with work, your family members will say, you, we have not seen anything good come out of you. Because you don't, you don't bring anything on the table. Whether you are male or female, something is happening to me. Maybe you don't, you don't see my heart. So, isolation and shame. Paul actually warned the church. The person who is lazy, don't, don't, don't associate with him. Write this down. First, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Then verse 11 to 14. Let me read it. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Then verse 11 to 14. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives. New Living Translation. Refusing to work. And meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus, to settle down and work, to end their own living, settle down and work, settle down and work. All students, I pray for business ideas for you. Is it not a shame? Mama, my panty is spoiled. Mama, my toothpaste is finished. Mama, my, what, what, are you not ashamed? Mama, my socks, uh, there's a hole underneath. Can you buy me socks? University student. Why can't you have ideas? You uh, Look. Every week, mama, my panty. Mama, my socks. Mama, my lipstick. Mama, my... I, I mean, everything. Mama, my... Mama, my... Mama, my... Listen. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Huh? Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. He was telling them, the people that won't work, stay away from them. When you meet lazy people, don't befriend them. Hey. Number three. I'm giving you how many cry? Let me give you eight. Number three. Fast, fast, fast. Third penalty of laziness. No one takes you serious. No one takes you what? And you will hear people insulting you. No one takes you. Because lazy people always have an excuse why they, are, they, they aren't working. Huh? You can write Proverbs 22 verse 13 down. When you go home, read it. Number four. Loss of opportunities for adv advancement. 
when you are lazy, you lose opportunities for advancement. Hallelujah. Number five, you lose ambition. You lose ambition. There's no ambition to do anything. Eh? That's why lazy people like sleeping a lot. Proverbs 26, 14. Let me read that to you in NLT. When you like too much sleep, you are lazy. Please, that's the definition of who you are. I know that you will try to comfort yourself. No, I'm resting, I'm resting. You are lazy. You like a lot of sleeping, you are lazy. Proverbs 26 verse 14. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turn over in bed. It's in the Bible though. You see the way a, a door opens? He said that is the way a lazy person turns in bed. Madame Hache, my Lazy. Number six. Inability to take pride in what you have accomplished because you haven't accomplished anything. You ask yourself, so what have I done with my life? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27. Inability to take pride in what you have accomplished because you haven't accomplished anything. I pray for you, you would accomplish something. Proverbs 12, 27. New Living Translation. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. But the diligent make use of everything they find. That means when even he has gone to get some meat, to roast it, to cook with it, is an issue. When you are giving the handout, the lecturer has labored to even bring you the handout, to read it. You are saying, Pastor, pray for me for first class. I know prayer changes everything. <laughs> Number seven. Seventh penalty for laziness. Slavery. Slavery. You heard it. It's right. Slavery. Proverbs 12 verse 24. New Living Translation. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Proverbs 12, 24, New Living Translation. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. The King James says that the, the slothful shall be under tribute. Hmm. Number, number, number eight, poverty. 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 This is the last one. I'll finish. Proverbs 14, 23. Let me read it. A New Living Translation. Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. The word says, but you lazy bones. I'm reading from New Living Translation. How long will you sleep? When will you wake up? An extra sleep. A little more slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Are you here? 
Last scripture. Proverbs 10, verse 4 and 5. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. When I meet Solomon, I would like to ask Solomon a question. Because, you know, in Deuteronomy, the Bible said that when somebody marries a wife, he should take one year leave. That was one of the commands. One year leave to stay home and make the wife happy. Yes. Solomon married how many? <laughs> Are you not disturbed for him? <laughs> Is that when you marry a wife? Do you know when you have worked hard and you have money? When you marry, you can go for honeymoon for three months. Because you have money to spend and have a lot to spare. You can even go to Dubai and you still not run out of money. But when you don't have money, I pray for you. May your children not come to meet poverty. May your children not come to meet poverty. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4 and 5. Let me read this to you. You shouldn't be poor. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. It's the Bible I'm reading now. New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Verse 5. A wise youth, a wise youth harvests in in the summer. But one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Young man, young lady, what are you doing with your youth? <laughs> you know, I look at myself. Some few years ago, I was a young guy, little boy. Eee! Now I'm 41. With four growing children and a big wife. And I'm thinking to myself, in 10 years from now, what will my children be like? You know, some people, they don't think. And you see, their faith, their faith is upside down. They think faith makes you stupid. Faith makes you wise. They are thinking so much faith that they think they, can't, they shouldn't think future. So the, the guy is a man of God. So his whole life is just about the church and he never thinks about the wife and children he brought onto the earth. That they are his responsibility and he must even build a house to house them. So sometimes you see people who have really served God after their life, their wives and children are miserable than they were miserable. So when I'm telling you, get serious, work hard, let's build something. You are sitting down, you're thinking I'm wasting time, your time. And some people, they think that they will die now. So you won't die now. You won't die now. I'm telling you. You will not die now. You will not. You're, some, you know some people, after they've given birth, they say, ah, when I die, then I'll leave them. You won't die. Oh, you won't die. I refuse that you die. So you, you don't plan well. At 65, may your children, know, you know, I told you a story of a man. Man, he so labored in the vineyard of the Lord. So many problems. 
First wife, four children. The four children, they were small. Things were hard. The wife ran away. <laughs> the wife ran away. <laughs> then a certain woman was just, I mean, but when he got married, when they got married, they didn't have a child. They didn't have a child. But all of their children were small when they got married. Now they have all grown. And now the woman died. So the children of the man says that you, your mother didn't bring anything, so you don't have a party now, whatever our father did. Then the, 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 the woman's children too are fighting the mother. You live with our mother for all these years. You didn't do anything for us. Come and see trouble. It's a sad thing. If I meet anybody who says that God has called him, I will ask him any questions. Did you say God has called you? Do you understand what you are saying? Can you see the future? Don't be lazy and end up poor. And I feel and I sense deeply that God is warning all of us. As for God, we have him. Our part is what we must play. And I pray for you. You will not be poor. You are not poor and you will not be poor. But then, I round up. The word poor actually means unproductive. The word poor, it means what? So, to be poor, it's not necessarily you don't have anything. You are unproductive. Therefore, you end up not having anything. The little you are given. Next week, I'm going to talk about work. Work. I'm going to define work for you. And we are going to look at certain things about work. Then we'll talk about responsibility. The potentials God has given you and what you must make out of them. People of God, are you ready to build capacity for more? Have I helped you today? Are you building capacity? Are you going to be faithful with the little? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I pray you don't waste anything little that has been given, but you'll be found faithful in the name of Jesus. When you are giving money, be faithful. Look at someone and say, when you are giving money, be faithful. Tell the person, be faithful with a little. So that much can be committed to you. Tell the person, be faithful with the little time you have. Much will be committed to you. Tell the person, if you work for someone, be faithful with what they give you to handle. And much will be given to you. Tell somebody, be faithful. Be faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to make the right choices. The right decisions in this phase of my life. So that I will not end up being penalized for laziness. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer just for a minute. Moda kapa. Molande hise lahari tekestahai ba periatikes lenkedeha itatosha in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for fellowshipping with us in the Shepherd's Voice. My pastor Christian 
just handed to you the seed of success for a victorious living in Christ Jesus. For more of our messages, kindly access them on Facebook, Telegram, Podcast Addict, and Podcast, all at My Pastor Christian. For prayer and pure pastoral counsel or any other inquiry, call or WhatsApp our helpline on MTN. 0540-953-017 You can also join us in any of our glorious celebration services on every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. for our first service and from 10 a.m. to 12 noon for our second service at the Fresh Oil Assembly, Kumasi City Church, KCC, Edum right opposite the GRA building or behind the Ejaba building. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.